I have a hypothesis that is slowly turning to theory. And today I will word it like this. If you have not honestly and truly turned your back on Judeo-Christian religion and indeed all magical thinking, if you have not turned your truly turned your back on magical thinking, then you will always be influenced by it. You will always feel as if there's something, there's something out there, right? You'll always fall for that ambiguity. I mean, I could be totally wrong on this, but I'm going to go out on a ledge and say, if you've give, turn your back on Christianity, but you're still into football and team sports, then you truly have not turned your back on magical thinking. Now, I say this because I've met atheists that after talking to them, you find out that although they don't believe in God, they still believe in magical thinking or partake in magical thinking. And in case often um, unwittingly partake in magical thinking. Like for instance, in politics, you may know that it's all a puppet show, but still you go and vote and still you argue politics. You may know that team sports are bad for children's health and also bad for society. But you still love it, don't you? Like I said, I could be off on this, but I always welcome your thoughts. Thanks for listening. Wolves, Canis lupus, coyotes, Canis latrans, and domestic dogs, Canis familiaris, are closely related species. All three can interbreed and produce viable, fertile offspring. Wolf dogs, koi wolves, and koi dogs. Through DNA analysis, scientists have established that wolf is the ancestor of the dog. Dogs and wolves are so closely related that DNA analysis cannot distinguish a wolf from a dog or a wolf-dog hybrid. Coyotes, however, can be distinguished from wolves and dogs through DNA analysis. Scientists can identify a koi wolf from a coyote and a wolf, and a koi dog from a coyote and a dog. The red wolves, Canis niger, have been shown to be a coyote-wolf hybrid. Wolves, coyotes, and dogs are social creatures. Wolves form extended family groups consisting of the male and female, their young and juveniles from the previous year's litter. They have a complex social hierarchy that allows for cooperative living, hunting, and defense of territory with minimal social stress, and still maintains temperament differences among individual pack members. Coyotes have been long thought to be loners living on their own except during breeding season. Recent research in Yellowstone National Park and elsewhere, however, has shown that coyotes, where they are not hunted by man, live in social groups like wolves. Like a wolf pack, the coyote pack includes the mated pair, their young, and several juveniles from the previous year's litter. Coyote packs hunt cooperatively and defend territories. Federal and state governments spend millions of dollars to eliminate the wolf from the lower 48 states and succeeded, except for a few isolated populations in Michigan and Minnesota. 
Now that the wolf is indeed an endangered species, it is protected from exploitation by man and efforts are underway to reestablish wolf populations. Federal and state governments still spend millions of dollars to eliminate the coyote, but in this they have failed. Instead, we have created a super coyote. The dumb ones have all been killed, far from being endangered. The coyote has taken over the former niches of wolf and is now found in every state except Hawaii. For dogs, humans form their social group. Dogs retain many characteristics of their wolf ancestor, but whereas the wolf is a generalist, the dog has been selectively bred by man over some 15,000 years to specialize in traits important to humans. All right, this is what I love about Anchor Man is uh, Jerry, or no, Larry, I'm sorry, over at the LARB. Um, has echoed Seeking Plums segment, which I probably would not have heard otherwise. And I think it's a brilliant segment, and I'm not sure if it was meant to motivate, but I think this sort of thing is such a motivational, you know, human motivational. Um, that's what I got. <laughs> this is what motivates me. When I hear segments like this, no fluff, no bubbles, just pure, wonderful potential. With all the noise and with all the misunderstanding and the miscommunication, it can be challenging to hear each other. Now, I'm not going to spoil this segment, but I do want to ask this. How can we exponentiate the incubation period? You know, go from the knowing to the doing part. So again, listen to this segment. It's brilliant. You would think that people would be sick and tired of this concept of finiteness. Of what? Finite. The finite. You know, like the end, like we're all doomed. Oh, yeah. oh okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I mean, we're kind of born with it, right? We were born and one of the first realities that you're told is if you do that, you're going to die, right? Mm -hmm. Don't do that, right? you'll get killed, right? Mm -hmm. One of the first realities, right? Then if you, you're indoctrinated into religion, repent or you'll yeah. die and burn in hell forever, which is kind of a strange mixture. I don't know how you can do both of those, but that's, that's okay. That's, um, and then this whole concept of uh, of infinite, because with finite, then you have infinite, right? Mm. And infinitely, like for instance, that's a strange concept. Like infinitely, you did not exist, and then all of a sudden you existed. Well, you you busted up infinity, mm. right? It's almost as if we are creatures of limitation. But science has definitely allowed us to get beyond that, right? I mean, we can fly even though we don't have wings. Mm. Right? We can go faster than a gazelle, although we have not the legs of a gazelle. Mm. Yeah? We can swim to the deepest parts of the oceans. 
Yeah, we we have no gills, right? So it's very interesting when someone. I mean, I I don't understand this concept. Am I making myself clear? Yeah. yeah I, I I seem not to make myself clear to anyone else in the world here. But uh, anyway, anything to help explain? You just need to move forward, yeah. upward and onwards, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, at any point, we could be destroyed by a, a, an asteroid, right? So with that in mind, shouldn't we be really, you know, exponentiating our knowledge and getting up and going? Yeah, you shouldn't really be focusing on the end. You should be focusing on now. And forward, yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. All right. Well, maybe that will uh, help some of our listeners yeah. <laughs> all right that's uh are you Terrence now are you Terrence are you still you still out Francis Francis and Terrence I like that wow that sounds almost South Parkian in, in a way <laughs> thanks guys you know there's probably a lot of folk out there that feel that tolerance and um, and acceptance are the ways of humanity. If I think anyone that's lived in the South and Mississippi during the '60s, as I have, um, would be appalled at this concept of tolerance. To have your, to have yourself be tolerated is just unacceptable. We can do better than that. And it's not human. It's actually inhuman. The ways of humanity are much more progressive than that. Seeking Plum, this is Z over at Integrity Radio. And thank you for that segment. That was just wonderful. Thank you very much. Yes, we know so little about gravity. And, uh, and it's fascinating, these concepts of dark matter, dark energy, and anti-matter, anti-gravity. Wow. It reminds me of Neil deGrasse's talk where he explains the universe coming in twos. And so the multiverse may come in twos as well. <laughs> Thanks again. Keep being awesome. I've thought about this recently. The universe, we have come to learn with hard-earned science research, the universe doesn't make anything in ones, okay? We imagine that Earth was sort of unique among objects, and we thought it was one of a bunch of planets in orbit around a star that was pretty special to us, and then we learned it's just one of 100 billion stars in our galaxy, with the galaxy was special up until 1920. Then we had this debate about whether the galaxy is all there is or there's something else outside of it. We learned there are island galaxies out there, billions of them. And so then we have this universe. Ah, uh, that's the one universe in which we're all contained. So maybe the universe doesn't even come in ones. And if that's the case, the, the multiverse picks this up and then you have multiple universes. But that leaves me to ask the question, which we will not answer today, 
if nothing ever comes in ones, not even a universe, then would that possibly mean that the multiverse doesn't even come in ones? Uh, it's just you, that he said we're still kicking the can down the road, and I bet you Jim Holt would agree. Or the other alternative is theological. It's God. Well, there can be alternatives that are not always religious. That's an interesting false dichotomy that's often set up. If it's not this, it must be religious. No, if it's not this, it could be other stuff you haven't thought of yet. You, you can't assert an answer just because it's not something else. And that's a, it's a false argument that's been made throughout time. And the better scientists, as they move forward, never assume anything just because one thing is wrong. Merry Christmas, Uncle. Humbug. 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 Look, honey, it's a book on mindfulness, a practical guide. It's written by Tessa Watt. And uh, I suppose Tessa is trying to explain to us how to reduce anxiety, enjoy the moment, discover genuine happiness, slow and down. slow down. I like this one. The Seven Habits of the Highly Effective Teen. Personal work workbook. You, you are not supposed to be effective as a teen. What the hell is wrong with this? How about this one? Think and grow rich. Think as opposed... Oh, Napoleon Hill is the guy that wrote the bullshit book, um, uh, The Secret. Oh, I don't yeah. know what that is. Yeah, okay. well, no, this is Napoleon... This, this shit was written, I think, in 1910. So see what, what year it was written in. All right. 1910. This is the thing. Well, They're rehashing what? shit from like 100 years ago and trying to sell this shit as like brand new information. The book's on sale for $7, so I'm well, tell you. yeah. This 19, mindfulness. 1937. Bullshit. Yeah, 1937. And and this is and this book is sucks. I read this book and I also read uh, I read his other his other two books. The first one was good, but still bullshit. But the other two, Think and Grow Rich, and then also um, uh, a health book. He wrote a health book as well. Total bullshit. But this, you know, it drives me nuts about the mindfulness whole thing right now. Everybody with this mindfulness bullshit. Uh huh. 
is that implying that no one's been using their brains and now you know that's that's now actually yeah now thing. all of a sudden it's the new fucking thing is to use your brain and then let's call it mindfulness because well there's a brainless goddamn term mind that everyone just accepts Maybe doesn't even write question it says, just use your brain yeah use your fucking brain <laughs> you know once you turn a certain age at least once a year, you have to go into a doctor and have them stick their finger up your ass. Now follow me here, I'm not trying to be crass. There's a life lesson to be learned here. So in anticipation of this, I searched far and wide for a midget doctor. I mean, I'm somewhat of a small guy myself. If I was just a few inches shorter, I'd probably be considered a midget myself. Um, and, you know, it was just a nightmare thing to think of a doctor, you know, perhaps six foot tall with these big hands shoving a finger up my ass. I was kind of surprised that nobody else thought of it. But, uh, and I finally did. But to my surprise, uh, the midget had really fat fingers. So, I mean, you know, the lesson is obvious, right? I mean, you, you can't make these shallow assumptions you really got to think things through so gals i apologize i realize this is way too much information uh but guys no apologies whatsoever i mean if uh if you ain't 50 yet you got something special coming to you if you die before 50 there's a bright side and if uh you're 50 or older and, uh, well, you know what I mean. <laughs> you gotta struggle to maintain perspective. I think on my deathbed, they're probably gonna say that that whole finger up the butt was unnecessary. Sort of like, you know, bloodletting and other archaic practices. <laughs> I mean, think about it. That's from 50 to however, however long you live. Maybe 70, maybe 80. That's 20, 30 years Every year, you got to have a finger up your butt. You know, you would think after a few times you would get used to it, too. But, uh-uh. No. No. I get up on my tippy toes every single time. All right. Well, once again, I apologize for this post. But uh, some some information just needs to get out there. You know, it's no secret... One of uh, one of my favorite shows here on Anchor, um, The Great Everything, he has made it quite clear that he does not appreciate my debating style nor my sense of humor. However, he does like me personally. Now, here's the thing. Same thing with Christopher Hitchens. Uh, he says that he, he really loves Christopher Hitchens but doesn't like his debating style. Oh, that all makes sense because I love Christopher Hitchens, love his debating style. Um, but this is what puzzles me. What is it that you like of me? Or what is it that you like of Christopher Hitchens? Because what you dislike is the very thing that is of our makeup or, you know, Christopher's makeup and my makeup. So it's very puzzling when someone says something like that. You know, um, I mean, it wouldn't be so puzzling if you said, you know, the reason I don't like you is because of your debating style. 
and I don't appreciate your sense of humor. That would fucking make sense. But it doesn't make sense when someone says, oh, no, I like you. I just don't like your debating style or your sense of humor. Well, what the fuck else is there? You don't know me beyond that. So um, perhaps that is a passive-aggressive dig that uh, went over my dumb ass and took way too long to figure out. Hmm. (laughs) You can't really pay for the information that we give and what we teach but we still live in that paradigm so we have to you know we have to conform to the money situation however the real payment of learning Wing Chun is that of having to swallow your pride is that of having to be talked to in a way that you probably don't want to be talked to the payment is being treated in a way that you do not want to be treated so this has to be understood sure you have to pay your financial dues But the real dues come as emotion. At first rejecting and then coming to realize. The benefit of being a Wing Chun instructor is not having to lie, not having to bullshit. Teach this and we will have won.
How do you get shirts so clean, Mr. Lee? Ancient Chinese secret. My husband, some hotshot. Here's his ancient Chinese secret, Calgon. Calgon's two water softeners soften wash water so detergents clean better. In hardest water, Calgon helps detergents get laundry up to 30% cleaner. We need more Calgon. Ancient Chinese secret, huh? Calgon helps detergents get laundry up to 30% cleaner. I dream of Jeannie with the light brown keep going on this topic because it's a lot better than anything I'm coming up with today. And that is this incubation period between the time we understand something and then the time that we actually get to utilize it. I mean, there's other terms, gestation period, incubation period. Now, Alan from Sentient Future has a really cool perspective on this. And the question that he asked, I would have to answer it with a resounding yes. 
However, um, I won't spoil it. Check this out. No. Yeah, we're all in, in different life situations, and that's why it's so important to share our stories so that we can be compassionate for each other and be out there to support each other. To figure out what your emotional triggers are and to be able to overcome them and work through them and realize when it's happening to you, that is very empowering. We all have to be responsible for ourselves. We have to be responsible for our own emotional triggers. So many of us find it so hard to do. It's something we need to work on and something that is so worth working on. I think it's, it's nice to be nice, but yes, absolutely. In the end, we are all responsible for ourselves. Z from Integrity Radio. It can be a little bit frustrating. You're looking for that exchange. And when somebody doesn't give you that exchange or is incapable of, of exchanging with you, You know, especially when the subject matter is meaty. I can be a little bit of a pisser. I can be a little bit of a pisser. And you want to get into it, you know? And someone just doesn't doesn't kind of push back a little bit. You know, it just ruins the whole, the whole dynamic of it, you know? There's benefit in the disagreement too, you know? So, I get it. So, I get it. Yes.
by Sifu Auto Nets. You are just making some buzz and wave throughout Anchorman and I hope it goes on charts. Everybody is a star. The only problem is some people haven't been put in the dipper and pulled back on the world. Says I got the wrong attitude. Why? What did I do? Everything you do, amazing, phenomenal uh, work, man. I am just... At time, he used to make my big toe shoot up in my boot. He did it so good. Just uh, every time you drop a track, <laughs> I love it. Every time you drop a track, it's got me. He give it all to you. And that's what you want. You want it all or not?
give the world everything we got. Try to spread a little joy and love together to show the world that the end is not yet, that I got to take you higher. Like yourself, Integrity Radio. Keep doing what you're doing, man. So why? What did I do?